Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. All right, you ready? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Stanley said we've been away on uh, extended break, and uh, which was a very rich time. And uh, thank you again as a church for letting us uh, take that. Uh, wonderful. One of the things over the time away, just had the opportunity to go to all sorts of different places, talk to all, all sorts of different people. And uh, one, you know, one of the things that really jumped out to me over that time was um, a lot of stories, you know, sort of locally, in across New Zealand, overseas, um, where because of the, the challenge of the, I guess, the COVID season, it'd uh, be interesting to see what history calls this time, eh? So, um, but uh, stories of people that have just drifted away from church, just drifted away, or, you know, even just given up on church. And I have to say, like, it breaks my heart, because I love the church, I love the church. Yeah, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm I'm glad that the the Bible doesn't talk a lot about like here's how you do church. Here's the here's the step by step. This is what you do. But what we do read in the Bible is a lot of pictures. You know, there's been a lot of pictures that are painted about about what the church is. Church is a family. Church is a bride. Church is a temple. Church is a body. Church is a, a hospital. Church is a school. Church is an enterprise. You know, things are things are being done. And a church is an army. And in, in, in certain moments at church, we just touch the best of life. We touch the best of life. Annalise's up here, you know, just just one job. You had just one job. Do the notices. I'm just. <laughs> it was so beautiful, you know, like overwhelmed just with the presence of God in that moment. I'm just kidding. You. You know, you did so good. But those great moments, we dream, don't we, that could that be could that be all of our life? Could we just be in those beautiful moments? And yet there's often a gap, isn't there, between the dream and the reality from time to time. And uh, sometimes there are disappointments. Sometimes there's disappointments. Just like in families. And families are fantastic. You know, a lot of time, though, in families, it's just sort of missing each other as you know, one person comes and one person goes, or it's like, okay, who's, who's on dishes? It's like, who's putting the rubbish out? Like, who's, who's paying that bill? And, 
And um, that's family life, eh? But then there are those times that happen when you're all just sitting around and you're laughing and you're, you're crying, you're celebrating, you're remembering, you're just being. And, and you go, this is the best of family. This is the best of family. So what do you do with this gap? There's this gap between the dream and sometimes the reality. And it's just so important because if you don't deal with that well, then hardness can creep in and you know, hardness of heart towards like, no, this isn't working. And, uh, and hardness can lead to bitterness and cynicism and you know, disappointment. It's a gap, though. It's a gap of yearning, isn't it? It's a gap of, oh, but I've seen the good moments. That's worth hanging in there for. I want more of those moments. Last week, if, for those of you that were here, it was just a special time. It was just something special was happening. You know, the presence of God was here in, in, a, in, a, in a unique way. And you know, right from the strum of the first chord with, and through the worship and um, my wife Jacinda you know, brought the message and it was just like the breath of God was on her words and it was just people's hearts that were being just touched and it was one of those just special moments. So what I want to do today, I want to talk about why I love church. Why I love church. Okay, you're, you're going to come along the ride with me? You actually have to, unless you leave. You're coming with me. And I know I talked about some of those pictures that the Bible paints about what church is. I'm just going to look at four of those this morning. Uh, not the whole lot, but about four of those. And the first one is family. In, in, uh, in Galatians 6, you know, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. That's us. We're family. First Peter 2. Love the family of believers. First Thessalonians 4. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, family, to do so more and more. It's about relationship. Even Jesus, he said... He actually said some quite culturally offensive remarks in this particular situation. And uh, there's this setting where he's talking to people and his, and his actual family, his actual mother and, uh, and uh, brothers and sisters were come to see him. It says this in Mark 3, Then Jesus' mother and brothers uh, arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Like, what? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Family. And I know a lot of church life, we can get very busy. And, uh, but the heart of church... 
It's about family and relationships and love. And I have to say, coming back after my break, three months away from you all, <laughs> I missed you guys, really. So grateful to come back. Uh, our eldest daughter, Rebecca, and her husband, Kieran, came back from London over Christmas, and they're back there now, um, all vaccinated, so they're feeling quite pleased with themselves. So, um, and, uh, but over Christmas, our whole family, we were all on break, and the times we had together, just hanging out, um, just often just you know, doing little things like playing cards or just joking and telling stories, and it was just so good. You know, but over that time, we celebrated my youngest daughter graduating from film school. Um, I've got three daughters. I know. I'm a blessed man. Blessed man. Most of the time. <laughs> blessed man. And um, But uh, the challenge with uh, kids having a dad as a pastor is that this happens. So <laughs> I'm going to tell a story. There's a gap of about eight years between my eldest and my youngest daughter. And uh, they're both quite opinionated. Um, and Well, actually, all of our family are opinionated. Uh, <laughs> I'll just put that out there. And, and we don't think that we're opinionated, because like, an opinion means it's just something you think, but that it might not be right. It might be right or what is wrong. So like, we don't think we're opinionated. We just think we know facts. <laughs> so... Um, but, but our oldest and our youngest, when they were you know, younger, they often got frustrated with each other, probably because of the age gap and probably because they, they like talking more than listening. And, uh, and, uh, but now they're, they're all adults and they talk together, they ask for advice, they encourage each other, they are there for each other in the, in the challenging times. Um, this week, you know, a couple of them were having a two-hour phone call about a thing and, and uh, it's just family, family and got together with um, my wife Jacinda's family uh, a couple of months back, and her brother has just um, got his dream job, uh, which means he's going to be moving down to the South Island. And, uh, but we're just all just sitting around, Jacinda's parents and uh, you know, her, her two brothers' families and our family. We're just, just sharing and celebrating and um, encouraging and so, so happy for him. But, you know, I see this with the church as well. It's just, just family. I love seeing family happen. I love last week where a bunch of men were at, uh, at the hub at, uh, well, it's kicked off at 7.30, but a bunch of them were there way earlier than that, cooking up some bacon and, uh, and things for, for the breakfast. And um, wasn't a lot of young men there, uh, what is that? Like young guys? Like what? It's only seven thirty on a Saturday. It's like you could. They're all like going, "You're dreaming, mate. <laughs> You're dreaming." Um, but it was just so good, just uh, getting together. You know, talking about some light stuff, talking about some heavy stuff. You know, enjoying each other. I loved it. This week, a number of. Uh, People in the church have, have been in and um, supporting one of our church folk who's going th- was going through a court case. I love seeing that. You know, people that have got 
busy lives saying, like, I've got to punch out of this to go and support this person. I love that. You know, people that can't drive, you know, get a bunch of people will go so we'll pick them up and bring them to church on Sundays and different things. You know, you hear of um, someone uh, needing to get to an, an appointment and like, I need someone to help me look after my kids and, uh, and, and it happens. And I have to say, it's like being back after a break, like so many of you, even just this morning, I've seen some of you since for the first time since I've been back on break, so many of you are saying like how nice it is to, to have, us, uh, have us back together. Uh, and I have to say, it's mutual. Like, seriously, it is. It's good to be back. And, and you know, when I am having those conversations, you know, this thing I'm realizing is that I love these people. And I know we don't really... Talk about it like that very much at church, do we? But I really love these people. I love, you know, and I, and I know that so many of you love me. I know that. <laughs> Some of you are still just figuring that out. <laughs> You know, for those that we're still getting to know, I'm genuinely looking forward to like journeying in life with you and celebrating with you and you know crying with you and doing life with you. But this is why I love church. It's why I love church. It's full of people that we journey with and we really love each other. I know it's it's, it's I mean look at you like he's that guy out there. This, this is New Zealand. We don't talk like that. <laughs> it's not language we use a lot, but this is the best of church. It's a bunch of people who love each other. They're a family. Which leads me to the this, this second picture of the, of the church I want to talk about this morning. It's a bride. The church is a bride. The bride of Christ. Revelation 19.7 says this, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's the church. That's us. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You know, nearly um, three years ago now, uh, my daughter Rebecca, um, she married the very handsome and very cheeky Kiran, which many of you know. Um, I tell you, that drive into the church with my daughter heading towards her, her wedding celebration. Wow. Like, you know, my daughter's there. She's looking even more beautiful than usual. And we're getting to the church and then get all the bridesmaids in there. And, uh, and everyone's getting ready for the star of the day, the bride. The bride's always the star, isn't it? Um, and I walk down the aisle with her and... Uh, you just look around at this church and they're full of people that are just like, we are for you, we love you, 
We're celebrating with you. Smiles, support, congratulations. Rebecca told me as I was coming down, she says, you are not allowed to cry, Dad, because if, if you cry, then I'll cry. And like, so I'm like, okay, I've got one job. I've got one job. Just don't, don't cry. Probably don't trip up as well, but don't, don't cry. And, um, and I start getting, then like everyone's crying. Like, like you know, Jacinda's, your mum's crying and, and uh, all of the bridesmaids are crying. And, and then Rebecca's crying. I'm like, I'm not allowed to cry. <laughs> you know, Kieran's parents are crying. And so, um, and then looking at her nearly husband, and he's just full of love for my daughter. Just, and this is how Jesus sees his church. Yeah, you know, I, I just I just love um, taking weddings. I was just having a chat with Josh and Jamie before church, and just saying I was just thinking about their their wedding, you know, a few years back now, and just oh, just beautiful. And Pedro and Hannah and did their wedding and. Um, I think John and Lynn did this. Maybe some of you, others of you here that did your wedding. And um, I tell you, at weddings, very, very sacred and, and important vows are, are shared. Special moments. And you know what? I'm the one that gets to say, I now pronounce you husband and wife. I get to do that. That's a, such a profound moment, special moment. Weddings, they just have such moments of incredible beauty. Just like the bride that is the church. There are moments of just real beauty, special moments. Last Sunday night at the Hub, we had a worship night. And for those of you that were there, special, beautiful time. Beautiful moment. The presence of God was there. You know, young and old were there. You know, I we sort of had a bit of a plan of how that night was going to go, and I had this um, oh, just this awesome little message. Just was going to be just awesome, you know. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't want to get up there and get in the way of what God's doing here. God was just touching hearts and softening hearts and meeting with people, and it was just. A beautiful time, just special moments. I love when we have baptism, baptisms in the church, and you know we're at the beach or we're at a swimming pool, or and um, and people get up and they say, "I'm giving my all to God. I'm giving my all. Giving it. Wow, just rich, beautiful moments." love it when we have beautiful moments when people encounter God in, in ways that just softens hearts, it exchanges sorrow for joy, replaces anxiety with peace. Just, they're just beautiful moments when people find you know, that God meets with them and gives them courage, takes away stress and fear. And it's just, I love those moments. And this is why we come back off our sabbatical break and we're just signing up all over again. 
to lead and be involved in ministry and church leadership and, and church life. It's for those moments where lives are just uh, uh, changed, touched, made beautiful. Another image that the, the Bible talks about that the church is, is a body. Is a body, which is, um, it's always interesting when you read in the, in the Bible about that and you think that there's the body, so the body is made up of many parts, so the church is. And then you go like, what part am I? But the thing with the body, and if you, you know this, if you ever get sick or you have an injury, is that um, it's pretty frustrating when some of the bits of your body aren't, aren't working or aren't there. Right? Like you get your arm in a cast and it's like, it's just sort of out of action for a while. Eh? The, you know, the body's at its best when everything's working, isn't it? So, and the church is a body. Made up of parts and many parts, all with their importance, all with their role to play. And when all of the parts are playing their role, then it's amazing. The body's awesome. And what that does, again, it allows for just incredible, when everyone's playing their part, like there's like probably over 50 people, maybe more, 50 more people that have just been here this morning just making church happen this morning, which means that we can all worship together. We can all have the opportunity of meeting with God together, making, you know, making friends, uh, being family together. Romans 12, verse 4 says, For just as each of, one of, us, so each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I, I like that. I like that it's not just all about just one person doing everything, or it's just not the, you know, whoever's up the front, that's the other, the other person it's all about. I like that. I like that. I can, we can um, go away for... Um, for a three-month break, which is a significant amount of time. And the church is, stays healthy and grows over that time. We were just talking about it earlier, weren't we? Just how, how you know, awesome it is. And I guess it's a sign of a healthy church is that that, that can happen because people are playing their part. You know, there's some people that you probably don't see very much. We've got trustees and a management team at, uh, at church here. And... Um, Here's the thing with these guys, is that if there is ever anything that comes up, like some kind of emergency, they just, they kick in and stuff gets sorted out. They just, they drop everything and they just jump in and we go like, we've got this. I love that, that part of the body that you don't see as much, but, you know, bring their just considerable wisdom and experience to just looking after the church. I love that. We've got a team of people that have got skills so that if any one of us get ourselves in a real pickle, you know, whatever that might look like, just whatever, and you go like, I cannot fix this. I don't know what to do with this. I need help. We've got a bunch of people that say like, 
We're here. We're for you. Wisdom, guidance, prayer, support, help. I love the church. I love it. We've got this uh, Coast Community, Coast Vineyard Community Facebook page. And uh, it's a great opportunity. Wherever anyone is in need, they can, they can throw it up there. And 100% of the time when people put something up there saying, I need help, someone will go put their hand up and go like, I could do that. Like, that's awesome, eh? Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Love the church. Everyone doing their part. So church is a body. Church is a family. Church is a, is a bride. And then we have this image of the church that it might be a little bit unexpected. Church is an army. Philippians 2 says this. And this is Paul just, just writing to the church in, in Philippi and just talking about a few people and talks about Epaphroditus. That just rolled off the tongue. I practiced that a few times. <laughs> Possibly mispronounced, but it sounded like I sounded pretty confident. Eh? I'm going to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my co-worker, and fellow soldier. It's just Paul's talking about the church, you know. We're fellow soldiers, Philemon 1. Again, this is Paul writing, and he's talking about Apphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. And Paul, he just works with these images, doesn't he? Yes, we belong, we're a family, yes, we're, we're a body, we've all got a, a part to play. But as a church, we, we battle. We battle. Again, Paul talking to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2. And this is, again, Paul talking to a, a young pastor. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. John Wimber, who's the founder of the Vineyard Movement, and uh, he wrote a, a book uh, on evangelism and, and, and the, uh, called Power Evangelism. But there was this one thing that he, he wrote in this book, which I just want to read out to you. Once we place our trust in Christ, we are drafted into a fierce spiritual battle. Often kingdom life is likened to a Caribbean cruise on a luxury liner. People change into their leisure clothes, Grab their suntan lotion and saunter down to the docks. What a shock it is <laughs> when they find out that living in the kingdom is more like enlisting in the navy and doing battle with a vicious enemy. You know, we don't wage war against people or against organizations, but there is there are spiritual powers out there. Here's something that will make your next meal with friends interesting. Ask people, have you ever 
like felt that you banged into some dark spiritual forces because many, many, many people have stories. And it's not to, you know, and it's just like remind ourselves of the reality. I'll tell you another good thing to do is actually talk about uh, has any of you ever had uh, encounters with angels? I remember I did that with a bunch of friends once. There was about 10 of us around the table, and it was probably like 9 out of 10 people's like, oh, let's listen to this. Listen to this story. Like, uh, those are good, uh, good mealtime conversations. But like people have, um, having, I mean, I could, I could reel off a few, but like, uh, I can remember, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say this. <laughs> It was this time a while back. Like we were, um, we were it's like a, quite a while back. This is just interesting little season. We were living in England, um, and uh, there was a big old, like kind of castle manor home. So halfway between, you know, big big thing, you know, prop uh, house, and they had all of these other little properties all on this big area here, and uh, and we'd heard that a bunch of witches were living in all of these other houses around the thing. Oh, that's, that's interesting. You know. um, and, um, but one time at night when we were driving past this whole thing, it's like went from like just driving along to all of a sudden like 10 out of 10, I, my fear went up to 10 out of 10, just out of nowhere. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing around. It just well, all of a sudden I am just like, what the heck is that? And like I could hardly breathe, you know. Jacinda was sitting next to me in the car, and all I could do was just squeak out like "pray," you know. Like, and we're just like pulling over, and it was just like, "What the heck is this?" And it was just probably thirty seconds, and then just like gone again. It's like that's not that's not psychological. That's a thing. That's a spiritual dark spiritual forces are real. And we're in a battle. Like New Zealand has got, I think, the highest teenage suicide rate in the whole OECD. And like you tell people overseas, and people look at New Zealand, and they go, it's paradise. Like the beaches, the climate, you know, the people. Um, it's like they can't understand it. Up on the coast here, up until recently, had one of the highest... In, in New Zealand and up on this coast, we've got 14 or you know, world-class beaches. It's beautiful. It's away from the stress of the city. Like this is one of the greatest places to live in the world. Don't tell too many people because it's getting pretty busy as it is. So, um, but uh, but until and uh, until an organisation Youth in Transition came along that are doing, I I you know just believe it's just kingdom work is you know to to helping these um, these young people. Um, but there are real battles going on. And you know, I, I know, and you, I know you want this too, but I want to see some breakthroughs in my community, in my world. I want, to, I want to be part of a church because we're making a difference. Like, seriously, we're making a difference. Like, like last week, even just last week, I know there's people that have been set free from some stuff, some... We've heard some, sto- you know, some stories about lives changed and you know, hard hearts being being softened and things that have kind of held people back were were being broken off and people walking into some freedom, uh, some bodies being healed. But you know, this 
this is why I love the church, because we can be a part of something that is pushing back darkness, pushing it back in our community. God's kingdom is breaking in. And, you know, like we are making a difference. Seeing people find hope and transformation. And I, I want to be part of his army. I want to be part of it. That's what I've given my life for. I mean, there, there are plenty of easier ways to, like, pay the mortgage, you know. There's, but I want to be part. I signed up for a kingdom battle to make a difference. And I, like, I love the church because we're making a difference. Last week when Jacinda spoke and uh, she talked about Ezekiel 37, it's uh, part of the Old Testament and the prophet Ezekiel, he's, it's, it's words and it's a, it's a picture that he got and that he wrote down of a, uh, a valley of dry bones that God breathes on and these dry bones, they get flesh on them and they come to life. And this is what God does. This is what God does. Brings life and hope to people and families and communities. Taking people from despair into hope. Taking people that are fearful and to become people of courage. And then people who have those stories then go out into their community and they go like, Hey, you need to know God is real. God is real. Everything around us is, is shouting like there is no God, and yet we know there is a God. And when lives are changed, they go like, let me tell you my story. God is real. He's changing lives. And then this prophecy of Ezekiel, what happens when these bones come to life? It says this, verse 10 so I prophesied and he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, not as a family, not as a, as a body, not as a bride, not as a temple. They stood up as a vast army. Like seriously, I, I love being part of the army, the army of God, fighting to see people rescued. It's what I gave my life for as a teenager it's what I've given my life for ever since. You know, I remember as a, even at, when I was about 20 and we had this, uh, this flat in, uh, in Owaraka, a bunch of us guys in there were Christians, we we're going, like, what can we do? And we thought like, let's just do this kind of thing and invite a bunch of, you know, have like this, invite a bunch of, we printed off on the, on the, uh, like photocopied all of these, these these invites to all around the neighborhood. And like, hey, if you're a young person and you know, like sort of free pizza and you know, come and have a hangout night and and you know, a bunch of these young people came and they most of them thought we were just kind of crazy people and then and then we talked to them about Jesus and and one guy said like, I'd like to know Jesus. You know? And uh, you know, I've done rock band outreaches and uh Given money and tried to wanted to sow into things that were making a difference in, in lives and 
um, you know, through to starting, starting churches that reach those who haven't yet seen the goodness of God. You know, I love being part of the army of God. I just want to finish up with this. Is, um, you know, the best part of uh, being church, the best part of why I love church is because it's God's church. It's not just a, it's not just a club, it's God's church. You know, we're a family of God. We're the bride of Christ. We're the body of Christ, gifted by the Spirit. We're an army of God, led by Christ, empowered by the Spirit. So I have got an invitation for you this morning, but the invitation is not, hey, let's fall in love with church again. My invitation is let's fall in love with Jesus again because Jesus is the one who's building a family and preparing a bride and he's the head of a body. He's the leading an army. How many of you have read the book of Revelation in the Bible? It's a bit weird, eh? Um, but at this... So Revelation is written by John the Apostle. Now, in the Gospels, we read about John, and John talks about himself. He says, like, I'm the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> he talks about that of himself. But there was, you know, he, was, he walked with, with Jesus. He knew Jesus. And at the time of this revelation, like, he is probably, he gets this revelation. He's on an island of Patmos, a Greek island, in the agency, and he's probably about 80 or 90 years old. All of the other disciples that were with Jesus, they've, they've all been martyred for their faith. He's the only one left. He's known Jesus the longest, more than anyone. You read the, the, the scriptures that we have that he wrote, and you just see just this incredible love for Jesus. And he gets this revelation. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to rip through this because um, it, it, he says this. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, you've got to remember the lampstands, okay? You've got to remember the lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, which Jesus, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Whew. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. And this is John. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. I mean, this is crazy. This is John the one who loved Jesus, has loved him longer, longer than anyone else. And yet, when he gets this fresh revelation of Jesus, he, he's completely undone. He's just completely undone. 
Friends, we need a fresh revelation of Jesus. We need a fresh revelation of Jesus. You know, where Jesus can say to us, don't be afraid. Or everything's okay. I've got you. I've got this. I've got the keys. And then Jesus says, write this. This revelation is for the churches. And you, if you, you read through it, you see that Jesus is among the, among the lampstands. And what are the lampstands? The churches. He's with us right in the middle of the churches. He's assigned angels to his churches. I'm looking after you guys. I'm leading my churches. And we will know victory. Jesus loves his church. He loves his church. Yeah, it's a privilege being a part of what Jesus is doing, I'll tell you that. And it's, it's hard at times as we serve each other and go through the valleys together. And, and uh, you know, I know that many of us are tired after a COVID-affected you know, 18 months. I, I know that. But, but don't let the challenges of the season cause you to give up on church. Instead, let's fall in love with Jesus again. Jesus, this is Jesus who loved the church and gave himself for the church. So the question, like, why do I love church? It's because I love Jesus. And Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves this church. You know what, uh, as I was preparing for uh, today, one of the things I've felt God speak, uh, that what he wanted to do, you know, like he talked about how there's some beautiful moments in the life of the church, is that he's, he's here and wanting to heal people this morning. Why don't we all stand together? Uh, and uh, what I'd love to do is, uh, it, it, stand if you're able. It's, uh, um, what I'd love to do, if there are, are people here, that are sore or um, just not well. There's things going on you know, physically that you just like, oh, I would love this to be different. I'm going to ask you to do something um, brave and, and, and come up uh, the front. I, I get... Um, got a text this morning from someone who's been, been praying for, um, you know, for, for this morning and, and uh, sent through like I, a similar thing. I feel like God is wanting to heal this morning. And he said like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I feel like God has shown me some things. It's like uh, uh, someone with a right ankle that has, um, is not, not, not working properly. Um, Someone with a right shoulder or a rotator cuffs, maybe something like that, with his pain, it's not, you know, would like that to be to be healed. Someone with um, neck pain, which is different than a pain in the neck. You know what I'm talking about? So it's just actual neck pain. Um, um, a, a, a left wrist problem. Um, if anyone's suffering from migraines, again, um, and if there is someone with uh, an earache in the right side. Uh, now, you, that may be you. You'd love to go, oh, that, that, 
I'd love to get prayed, uh, prayer. So, um, but then there may be others of you that, like, well, it's not one of those things. Does that mean I can't come up for prayer? Of course not. Like, God is here, present to heal. And, uh, and we want to we pray for you. Even as, just in this moment, I'm feeling like God's saying that if there's some of you this week that you've just been grumbling about this, the frustration of your health situation, you've been grumbling. And you've been grumbling to God and you sound like, God, like, it's not fair, like, how long? If that's you, then we'd love to pray with you. So I just invite anyone that would like prayer for healing to, to come forward. And uh, nothing magical about up here. It just helps us to know who's, who we're praying for. And what I'm also going to ask is that I know that there are a number of you that uh, love to pray for people. And we'd love you to come up. And I know that there are some of you too that go like, I don't really know how to pray for people but I'd like to be able to pray for people and, and see God do the miraculous. I said, could I ask, if that's you, why don't you just come up and just sort of hang out? You know, just sort of hang around. You might see someone, <clears throat> you go like, they look like they know what they're doing. And just come alongside them and you don't have to pray. You can just be there and just watch and, and learn. It sounded right. Like, there's something that I'd, I'd love the whole church to be able to have the confidence of being able to pray for people. And, and, uh, but sometimes it's like, I just don't know where to start. Well, just like, seriously, just, just we're, we're all pretty relaxed here. Just come up and um, hang out, listen to prayers, pinch the best ones for next time you pray for someone. For the rest of us, why don't, we, why don't we as a church together, let's just, I'll just pray, I'll just lead us in a prayer. And, uh, but then I will invite people up to, to come and pray for these ones. And you might both be up for prayer and, or you might both be up to pray and, you know, you guys, will, you'll figure it out. So God, we, we ask for your kingdom to come. That your kingdom would come now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Can I just ask those that are getting prayer, that will get prayer, that have come forward. It's not, don't feel you've got to try and do something or work for this. Just be open and relaxed and just allow God to do what God does. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we pray for those that have had pain that has been lasting and is just wearing people down. God, come. We pray that you would come and break through now. God, break in with your kingdom and bring freedom and health and healing. For people recovering from injuries, God, come. We pray that you would come. Set people free from the pain.
invite your, your, your spirit of healing to be in this place. Even people that haven't come forward, God, we just pray that you would bring freedom to people from the, the ailments and the pains and the injuries. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come this morning. pray, God, that for all of us, you'd give us a fresh revelation of Jesus. Jesus, God who lived amongst us. God who came, born into us, into a, a, horse's, a, a, a horse's trough, lived a life on earth died a painful death so we could to open the way for all of us so that we could know God God we ask for a fresh revelation of Jesus Jesus come and be, be real to us this week God we pray you would you would meet with us If you're here this morning and, and you are someone that is, um, I guess, trying to figure this whole thing out about, you, about faith, let me tell you, God is real. God is changing lives. God loves you incredibly. And He wants friendship with you. He wants to, to put your feet on a path that is going to be good and full life-giving, give you life in this life and in the life to come. And if that's you this morning, what you just need to do is just to say yes. It's just to say, yes, God, I want that life. And then, and then come, and, come and have a chat or talk to someone who you came with and just say, I want to get on that path of knowing God and the life that it brings. So church, we're gonna this this prayer is gonna be happening up here, and we're gonna we're gonna love that it's gonna happen for as long as it needs to happen. But for the rest of you, you're dismissed. No, that's that's us. Let me pray a blessing on you as we finish church this morning. God, I just thank you for the church. God, I love the church. I thank for everyone that is here. God, I pray blessing on them, and I pray that they would go into their week knowing the presence and the peace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whanau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Orewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.